0: So I guess how was your week? Oh, we should introduce ourselves.
1: Every <laughs> professional does that. Hey, I'm Alex and uh, Avila, and this is I'm Ben. And this is PP Pod. PPP Pod? Pen, Pen, Pen,
0: Pen pals pod. Yeah, PPP Pod.
1: Uh, so so I checked our email. No emails yet. I mean okay. we we haven't share this in any way so it'd be really surprising if anyone listened to it i don't know if you've shared it i haven't really but now it is officially on itunes it's hard to find if you search for pen pal pen pen pal pod just all these pen pal podcasts show up oh funny
0: what if you search for (laughs) joe rogan i
1: I also tried that that's successful if you search neon genesis it does eventually show up Evangelion isn't in our title so anyway we might have fucked up all that SEO shit but uh (laughs) we were trying to Valor
0: steal from uh, Joe Rogan anyway so Neon Genesis do we really show up eventually? I think so. That's cool
1: Uh, Alex is. is searching right now he's scrolling his thumb is moving vigorously on the phone. Wow, that's really good. No, I don't see it, but that's okay.
0: Uh, this is dead air time, so <laughs> I'll look that up later. That is very exciting. Yeah, but I did. I really uh, thought you did a great job so far, and I really uh, like listening to us at one and a half times speed. <laughs> we sound like other podcasters at one and a half times speed. It's, fantastic.
1: it's it's already sped up ten percent. I don't know. Is if it you, really? Yeah. That's
0: cool. I noticed you cleaned up, I'm sure, some of my
1: ums and likes and things like that. Probably there will be things in you talking that annoy you. Like, I think I probably clean myself up more than I clean you up because my own mannerisms, like, annoy me. It's hard. It's hard to listen to this, actually. I kind of, like, hate myself. Oh, why? Because I'm like, oh, I, like, wasn't listening to Alex or he said a thing. And then I'm like, ah, oh, my response sounded so dismissive. And I'm like, I wasn't even, like, trying to be dismissive. I was just, like, distracted. That's okay. Maybe that's some of the charm. You know, it's a little relaxed.
0: For me, it's a weird experience to listen back to them. Uh, I do find it kind of annoying to listen to myself and go, oh, yeah, uh, you got a lot of vocal fry there. You sound <laughs> real nasally. Cool, cool, cool.
1: <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's an interesting exercise, right? I think there's there's kind of an interesting thing with with time and just, like, having this, like, objective record of yourself and what you were like saying and thinking and being like, Oh yeah. I don't know if if that's good for humans, like psychologically. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But I was, I was imagining that a little, well, now I am imagining like, you know, I feel like we're making this thing and we're making this artifact and hopefully we can uh, hang on to it. And then like, I'm I'm tripping out thinking about uh, listening to this like 10 years from now or something like that. Oh
0: gosh. Yeah. I've read things that I wrote 10, 15 years ago. And I'm like, huh, that's, I'm a very different person now. And mostly I'm very thankful.
1: I mean, I've, I've Improved wildly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm perpetually embarrassed of my past self, but then unable to see it in the present. Like I just yeah. know that I'm going to be embarrassed with how I am now, five years from now, but I don't know how or why. <laughs> um speaking of tripping out how was your uh, how was your trip it was great i had a fantastic time
0: decided to take them walking into the woods and then to go around a lake sorry just to interject who's them oh uh uh two friends of mine uh uh one of them i really wanted to invite on to do an episode later uh because he has only minimal knowledge of uh evangelion uh, yeah, I guess I won't say their names just in case, but, um, we, yeah, so we decided to walk around this lake and it was Memorial Day and there were a whole ton of people and that was not sitting well with uh, the two of them. So we so, uh, no, found another like, exit from, from like that, had a, the, the lake, guess, like, the, the parks and walked around for about an hour, which felt like forever at the end of it until we found a spot to just kind of get out of uh off the street and sit down because you know we couldn't go to anybody's house because of uh social distancing but uh social distancing I think allowed us to do drugs in public uh really <laughs> fairly close to people and then just see us and go like oh well
1: we'll keep our distance <laughs>
0: um because at one point we we're all just laying on the ground staring up Mo- I think all three of us masked down because we were just like we had had our masks on for hours uh and people just like walked up to the trail, saw us and was like, nah, that's okay. Nobody made a fuss. Cool.
1: Interesting.
0: I forgot about all the, well, I guess you just forget about time distortion because how can you, like, how do you think about experiencing that? It's just bizarre. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like you can kind of remember that it's a thing, but then it's not until you're back there experiencing it that you're like, oh, yeah, this is what that feels like, right? Absolutely. And it's not the only time in my life
0: or in people's lives that they experience that. Sometimes when you're hyper-focused on a task or you're hyper into a show or whatever, like, you yeah. experience time dilation that way. We're like, whoa, 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 four hours? That, no, that's insane. Yeah. And that's, it's the same kind of phenomenon, but... Uh, I forgot about losing your words, like words kind of stop having meaning for a while, hmm. and then you'll come back to them and try to convey something to the people around you and it'll come out all weird. Yeah. My favorite thing would, to say would be, uh, the guy that brought me here, and they're like, who? I'm like, oh, you know, like, past me. And they're like, <laughs> oh, you mean you? I'm like, no, 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 I'm not that guy.
1: Yeah. i i feel like i decided and, and this is maybe more from like trip sitting than tripping mm-hmm. that it's like almost impossible for two tripping people to have a conversation especially any kind of abstract conversation you know i think you can like figure out how to get from like point a to point b sure that's still like a struggle right yeah, absolutely <laughs> um, but coming but out of that is amazing sorry i but, but I feel like whenever someone has, like, some, like, epiphany or something, and then, like, tries to share that, I feel like I've had the thing of, like, a trip sitter, where, like, someone is saying a thing, and then the other person is just like, oh, yeah, totally, and then they say something that's, like, completely different, <laughs> and they're just, like, having, like, parallel conversations of, like, thinking that there's, like, some kind of connection, but it's just, like... That's
0: wild. Uh, yeah, and then coming back into yourself and kind of everything becoming normal again is this great relief too because you yeah. are like oh right i can just like i can formulate a sentence like i'm hungry and i need to go home uh and it's uh it's quite an experience i think everyone should do it like every 10 years probably because if you can experience ego death it's a lot harder to like try to exploit other people <laughs> i yeah. feel like it's weird if you can get out of yourself then those like lines between you and me become more arbitrary and so
1: yeah there, there is good psychological research that it increases your um, openness to to new ideas in like a profound and lasting way. So actually, it's like one of the mm. I guess it kind of makes sense because it is a very intense experience, but I think it's one of the few cases where like doing something a single time can kind of have a very lasting effect on your personality, right. And if
0: there was anything it opened me up up to was reconsidering, my stance on magic because i think i have a different definition of what magic is there's the whole fantasy magic thing of like oh wizards throwing fireballs and like stuff that doesn't make sense or exist in the world you're like okay but there is there are ancient and esoteric traditions of uh, uh using symbols to explain or to like cloud information like that's a very real phenomenon and there are a bunch of people that I respect, like Alan Moore and uh what's his name?
1: Grant Morrison.
0: That's the one. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Grant Morrison, beat <laughs> my mind. Uh who believe in magic in a in this symbolic way. Or I mean, see, that's even hard to explain. But I it's worth looking into again. I'm reevaluating what I think about it. And the relationship of magic and art and what they both hmm. want to do.
1: Yeah. So this is so. Is that kind of like your? That's like your epiphany. Did you have any other epiphanies from from the trip? Any other cool thoughts?
0: I had thought that maybe I tell other people what to do too much. Hmm. That was a bizarre thing. Maybe that was just a super introspective thing. I was like, man, the, you could word things hmm. so that it's not giving someone a command. I don't always uh, yeah. feel that way, but I did feel very introspective at a minute there. But anyway, yeah, that's probably my epiphany uh, that yeah. art and magic
1: are, if not the same thing, uh, intrinsically linked. For, for whatever it's worth, I never get that vibe from you. And actually, listening back to these recordings, I'm like, oh man, Alex is so like generous and like diplomatic. <laughs> and like, oh, cool. Well, I, I I've kind of felt that way about myself listening to this stuff. Yeah. So
0: that that's a that's an amazing thing to share that we both feel that way about our own performances, <laughs> and that that's a good indication that maybe we're being hard on ourselves or hypercritical.
1: Yeah. Or yeah, and like, and maybe it cuts both ways too. That like maybe everyone kind of does that and like like maybe that epiphany is still true but it's just Mm -hmm. kind of like a universal truth for
0: like a lot of people right yes and i think that it's an important or at least a helpful thought to have because it is an internal check that in conversation can become an external check as well on your self-importance your driving factor your like our narcissism right Uh, Whereas someone who does not have that thought, they're just going to keep veering off on this path. Was there anything big on your week? Um, uh, Cassie got her PhD. (gasps) Oh my gosh, that's so so exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's uh, clinical psychology or psychiatry?
1: Uh, Psychology.
0: Psychology, which is studying, right? Psychiatry is treating.
1: Uh, so clinical psychology is also treating, so psychiatry, that's a specialty of medicine. So those people are all MDs and they can like prescribe drugs. Clinical psychology is more like CBT talk therapy. It's kind of like treating people by just like sitting in a room and like talking to them and taking them through thought exercises and things like that. Awesome. Yeah. So if you do the last time, then I'll do this episode. And then you can sing the song How's that sound. I love it. Last time on Neon Cephalopod Battle Box, Shinji goes
0: through virtual reality training with the Ava, which I feel shouldn't require the physical Ava, you know, to do the virtual reality thing. He is very depressed, but he briefly becomes the most popular kid in school when it is learned that the entire class would be dead without him. The nerdiest kid in school, Kensuke Aida, watches the jockiest kid in school, Toji Suzuhara, punch their protector in his precious face. Rei lets Shinji know he's needed for round two of Battle of the Gargantuas, but still won't say more than a sentence. Toji and Kensuke are almost killed by the falling EVA-01, but with a progressive knife and a little primal scream therapy, Shinji manages to kill Shamchahel. Shinji stops going to school, but Toji still won't call.
1: Do you think it's weird that this Jack dude is hanging out with this, like, otaku dude who just does, like, play fights all the time?
0: Yeah, probably. Because it's a show, they want someone from either end of, like, uh, probably a social spectrum.
1: Mm-hmm. And I guess Shinji is just, like, the weird quiet kid.
0: Right, he's like caught between the everyman position because we he's our lens and uh, being this incredibly depressed like
1: post-disaster child. Cool. <laughs> they really have spoilers in these Netflix descriptions. Stressed out following his last battle, Shinji runs away from home and meets Kensuke. After NERF brings him back in, Misato offers him a choice. You gotta sing though. To start actually looking at those lyrics. I could put in that song, it's not that long. All right, so their clip hanger is that next episode we're gonna get Ray some more explanations, maybe more than a sentence. Yeah, we're gonna learn more about this mysterious blue haired girl, right? Blue hair at like 14. That's very strange.
0: Okay, so. I really like this episode. Uh, it is a little bizarrely paced. There are a lot of long shots. Uh, it it kind of drags on. There isn't much dialogue or or action. A lot of the sound is like diegetic, which is cool, but a lot of the sound is just like background uh, uh, voiceover for the film or voiceover for the, the train. But I read up a little bit, and it turns out this episode almost didn't make it into the season. Mm. Uh, it was like considered, and then the idea was scrapped. And then later in the season, they decided they, or uh, before they released it, but like when they're more complete with everything, they decided they needed to uh, explore Shinji a little bit more before they went on with what's gonna happen in the next episode, like starting to explore Rey. And so I think that the episode is awesome even, and it's kind of the victim of uh, late stage budget cutting. It has some beautiful shots, but it it stays on them for very, very long.
1: So I wonder, yeah, I wonder what the kind of like the business decisions that went into including this or not were. I, I was thinking that this might be kind of like if you're going into this wanting to watch Gundam, right? The last three episodes have had giant robot fights. And then this episode is like none of that. Right? right. It's like long, long shots, basically in silence, just sound effects, just him like slowly walking, kind of like skulking through the world. Yeah. So I can imagine them like being like, no dude, we need to like move on with the plot. Something's got to happen. And then wanting to cut it out. But then maybe if they were kind of going over budget on the robot fights later on or something like that, that this would have been a cheaper episode to to make and like kind of stick in the beginning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I think it accomplishes what its goal is very well. I mean yeah, if I was watching this and I was 14 and this I saw those first 3 episodes and then I saw this episode, I would probably be upset it. But having the perspective I do now, I love it because it the point of it is to give us time to look at Shinji and that's exactly what it does. It just lets us see him in these different scenarios, a lot of it very lonely, but he reacts to things, right? It's not like he goes in uh to a movie and then nothing happens he like sees other people there and he reacts to them and we get to it's a very private thing like no one else is seeing him no one else is watching him he's not you know but we get
1: to yeah so, so i guess this episode we start off with uh kind of misato's perspective shinji's been skipping school um so, so shinji's been skipping school and then it now he's just kind of completely disappeared so he's not even coming home at night Toji and Sensuke come to visit, check up on him, um, and Misato kind of plays it off. And uh, then we see Shinji just kind of riding around on the train, listening to the same music over and over again, and just staying on the train all day until it ends.
0: Oh, which uh, one thing, Misato has a Nerve brand alarm clock, which is, I imagine everything in her apartment is Nerve branded. And the subway hero, or not subway, it's a train, I think it's an L train, right, is a loop, which I've never heard of before, but that's super cool. It's like a beltway around the city, but it's just a train. So you can ride it indefinitely, you don't go to the end of the line.
1: Yeah, so so Tokyo has a a big loop in it, the Yamanote-sen, and it's kind of like, it's like the biggest main one that has kind of the most trains. Yeah, so it'll loop around and then you can connect to other ones, like especially the lines in and out of the city. I think kind of connect to that main loop, but I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. It is kind of like, I guess it's like the equivalent of a beltway, kind of that that's
0: a, it's a, I think it's a better idea than a beltway. I think we have too many, I think we're too invested in roads and cars in America. I mean, I guess it is more of a sprawling thing. Japan is a smaller uh, overall landmass, but I think that those train ideas, especially for cities is super cool uh shinji okay so he finishes riding the train all day and then he goes to a movie and the movie is about the second impact Mm -hmm. i think it's a pretty smart way to uh uh to do the exposition i thought it was very cool to hear that while watching shinji react to the um couple that's making out
1: yeah and and it's kind of it's unclear what his reaction is is he like supposed to be like jealous of them or like grossed out like he's like a kid and kind of seeing like the filth of the world or something like that
0: oh i i think he's uh uh jealous uh but he does i didn't think about that he does walk past there's voiceover as he's going to the theater and you hear what presumably either a strip club or uh uh uh, people talking about prostitution uh and he keeps his headphones in and walk straight past. He does not acknowledge that. So maybe he is thinking about the poor disenfranchised people and the things that go on at night. Mm.
1: I guess that's like a kind of semi-legal thing in Japan and in Tokyo. and uh, Sex work? Yeah. Oh, good. Pro-sex work here. Uh, uh,
0: decrim <laughs> everywhere. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, so I guess Japan's stance is full penetration is illegal. Everything else is legal, but then kind of like you know, things are happening in privacy. So there's kind of no way to actually enforce that, right? I guess you could do like a police sting or something like that. But I think it's essentially right. not enforced. You know, it's not even just like red light districts. It's like outside of like some main train stations, you'll see these women kind of dressed like business women or something, like just wearing like a nice dress, standing alone. Mm-hmm. And then if you're like a dude and you're walking by, then they'll like come up and be like, and like try to like hustle you into like someplace. Hmm. Yeah.
0: have not experienced that myself but of course I have not been to Japan in
1: many many years I did go when I was twelve when your your sister is living out there for a couple of years right yeah teaching English Tokyo
0: or where was she yeah I think it was Tokyo not like downtown proper but she was in like the apartment buildings on the outskirts yeah really cool place very beautiful okay so uh we get all of these long shots which are I think are really cool they let us observe Shinji so he's he saved the day right but he also saved these uh, slums and then he uh, has this like weird existential moment outside where the buildings catch an eerie light and he starts feeling like they're closing around him maybe which is like you know you saved everybody but you also save this and this feels oppressive so he's very confused
1: yeah yeah maybe it's kind of like a panic attack or ptsd or, or something like that and he's definitely being avoidant right he's kind of he's having this anxiety and he's just kind of detaching and, and running away from it. It's kind of interesting, too. I guess, like, you know, the, the kids in his class know because he told them. Like, no one else in the city knows, right? No, he still has anonymity, yeah. So so with superheroes, that's often the case, right? So they have this kind of, like, alter ego. Mm. And, like, superheroes usually it gives them, there's, like, a reason they need to stay anonymous. Here, there isn't really that reason, necessarily.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I, I You wouldn't want someone trying to kidnap him because he's valuable and extort Nerve. Or at least Nerve wouldn't want that. That's true. But I, I hadn't thought about the, the alter ego superhero angle of it. That's very cool because oftentimes superheroes wear a mask, which some people think like the hero side is your true self. But while Shinji is in the Ava. It's not only that he feels differently, obviously he feels differently, it's a very bizarre experience uh, to pilot these giant robots, but he has access to his emotions and how he feels in a way that he does not have outside of the Ava. Like mm-hmm. he does that primal scream thing when he attacks and, uh in the end of the last episode in a way that you would never see him scream outside of the Ava.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: So it may be painful or awkward for him to do it, but it may be emotionally healthy in the long run for him to have a space, even if it has all this pressure on it, for him to get these things out.
1: Like there is this thing that we know about people that when you do wear a mask that that you are kind of disinhibited in a way, right? And that's part of why, you know, police wearing riot gear and their faces being covered, that um, you know, they might do things that they wouldn't do otherwise. Sorry, I'm going back to the protest, which probably isn't good no, you're right. Well,
0: I mean, it's it's applicable and, both, and now both sides are, uh, protesters have often used masks uh, yeah. as a way to uh, protect their identities in the same way that police are uh, yeah. essentially allowed to protect their identities. Um, they're all in uniform. It's hard to tell one from the other, but now like the average person can more readily join a protest because they have a mask available, right? And yeah. even if you weren't going to wear a mask at the protest, you'll probably have one on you because you're probably a conscientious member of society.
1: Yeah. And I guess the good side of that, which you're pointing out with Shinji maybe, is that that can allow you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Mm. Maybe it doesn't completely apply to him because I guess people people are still watching him and observing him the whole time he's doing that. Well, that that's true. But we you can also, because the
0: mask is not just a a, a physical thing, right? It, it psychologically empowers you people can still be looking at you but they i guess maybe they can see him i don't know if they have a video feed of him inside the ava they all seem to be working off of uh uh, like neural information Hmm. so maybe he has a bizarre privacy in there Uh, (laughs) oh they can definitely hear him because he's picked up that way yeah Uh, anyways okay so we so the buildings are closing in and he's feeling really anxious so he gets out to the outskirts and we get this beautiful Maybe uh, Miyazaki style inspired panoramic view of the city and all the green around it.
1: And, and he's kind of like starts hiking through, hiking through wilderness. We see these mountains and the fog. There's lots of sound effects playing, but just kind of him trudging through silence. And then eventually we get VO. Uh, we get we get the voiceover of this conversation between uh, Misato and Ritsuko as he's uh, just kind of walking around seemingly aimlessly. While I was looking at them, I thought that Ritsuko, or, uh, Ritsuko yeah. uh,
0: has a point. And when she talked about Shinji just following orders to make things easier because he... Uh, always runs away when things get harder or uncomfortable. And so now that he's not doing that, that's all he's focused on is don't run away. He doesn't have any way to focus on anything else while he's not running away.
1: Mm. I, I think maybe Misato is saying something about how if piloting this mech does nothing but like cause him pain, then like you know, why would he do it?
0: Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. That's one of the really important. we we keep seeing that Misato, on her own or with someone else, like she's, you know, she's kind of hard on Shinji when she's there, but she does care. She she cares about him beyond the the confines of their professional
1: relationship. She cares about his emotional well being. Um, there, there's a shot, I think, during that part too, where we see him like sitting on a cliff, um, and I don't know if that's supposed to be him like debating suicide or something like that. Oh wow, that is just subtle. sitting on a cliff. All right, I'll think about that. That's cool. <laughs> So eventually, he uh,
0: he's like in a field, right? And he wanders past uh, Kensuke Ida, yeah. and that the nerdy kid and the nerdy kid is cosplaying. Like he's got very realistic looking play guns, and he has military fatigues on, and he has a uh, uh, a a tent set up. And actually, at the beginning of it, before they run into each other he's like role playing through two sides of a battle or maybe two, two people in a battle someone who's dying on the ground and someone else telling them like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get you out of here.
1: Yeah. And, it, and I think it is like, like, he's the same age as Shinji. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that does a good job of if you're like, God, why is like Shinji being such a like whim, you know, like what, what is he doing? And then you're like, Oh yeah, right. Like this is what kids his age normally do is they're just like, playing pretend battles and stuff like that. They're not doing all the shit that they're making him do.
0: Yeah, they were allowed time for fantasy and playing and where he would be training in the Ava, uh, which Kinsuke, he, like, he thinks was super cool, but obviously he's not the one doing it.
1: Yeah, and I guess, so So, I was reading that this wasn't a kid's time slot. Like, it was, like, a place in TV where normally there would be, like, a Gundam show or something like that. Oh, wow, well, yeah. And, you know, obviously that's not what they're trying to make, but, but it's, it's interesting to, like, I wonder what they thought their target audience was. Like, were they making this weird thing kind of for it to be watched by like 14 year olds or?
0: So maybe a lot of the controversy when it came out comes from it not fitting the mold it's supposed to fit, or people not looking at it on its own terms. Instead, having all these preconceived notions from other mecha anime or what's for boys or what's for an age group, hmm.
1: And I feel like it still kind of is in this like awkward space where you're just like, they're trying to make it work on like different levels and and sometimes they do that really well and, and other times maybe less well, I don't know. Yeah, push that envelope, blur the lines between...
0: Like, the, the awesome long end shots uh, uh, of, like, closing days that you said would normally be in, like, a romantic uh, anime or a slice of life piece. Yeah. Just, like, blurring all of these different genres together and styles. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so then I guess um, Shinji and Kensuke, you know, Kensuke brings up that um, he doesn't have a mom, I guess, like Shinji. Right, and he knows
0: that Shinji doesn't have a mom. I don't remember... I don't know why he would know that. Mm. Yeah,
1: Shinji hasn't really talked about himself at all. But... Uh, well, they they know that he lives with Misato, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. And they know that Misato's not his mom. So maybe they're just, like, inferring stuff from that or... Yeah, yeah uh,
0: I was thinking maybe he's, like, kind of showing his hand because he's, you know, he's kind of obsessive over... Gotta go see this monster fight. Gotta be up on this. So maybe he's been... Looking up stuff about Shinji, so uh, they yeah they bond over the uh, that they're both not orphans, but that they both lost their mother, uh, which is a not a trope, I guess a mimetic thing. Uh, ano uses that in several anime. Uh, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but other pieces he had worked on before and sent, uh, and it's always very similar dialogue. It's always. Someone's despondent and the other one person responds, oh, well, that's okay because I don't have a mom either. Just like you, right? And it's kind of this shorthand to bond two characters together uh, relatively quickly.
1: Huh. Yeah, I wonder if that's kind of like, a, yeah, maybe it's just an easy way to, yeah, like you are saying, bond two characters. I guess like in a lot of Joseph Campbell hero's journey kind of stuff, often the, the main character is an orphan Mm. Um, and I guess Shinji is in a lot of ways an orphan, right? So he's lost his mother and then his father has basically abandoned him. So it's a little bit like kind of the, you know, it's like the orphan finding out his father is like Darth Vader or like the king or the prince or something. It's like, he's just been living off on his own. And then he sees his dad and like finds out that his dad is like in charge of the fate of the world, basically, or (laughs) something like that. It's just like Darth Vader, you're so right. Okay, so Nerve security shows up
0: and they ask Shinji if he will uh, come with them back to Nerve and he obeys, he goes with them. And then Toji admonishes uh, Kinsuke about, uh, or his not taking on the Nerve security, which is a ridiculous idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and in in that scene, uh, there's also this, like, little weird thing of, like, the girls in the class are, like, oh, that dude, like, he's so gross, like, an ape or something like that. Oh, Suzuhara? Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) I think he kind of talks with, like, an accent, too. I think he might be a little bit, like, uh, kind of, like, country or something like that. Oh, is he darker skinned? I hadn't noticed. Is he maybe, uh,
0: like, Okinawan?
1: I don't know about that. Yeah. He is darker skinned. Yeah. I don't know like what sort of duty he's supposed to be, but I wonder if he's supposed to be like a little bit, uh, at least Darkwaters like
0: Blackwater's country. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. There, there's like parents are scientists, right? Like he says that that's like why he's why they're not leaving. I think he's like, Oh, they work in the lab or something like that.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that. That's cool.
1: I think, I think that was in one of the previous episodes when they talk about how like, like so many people have left their class um, maybe I'm mixing up him and Kensuke in some ways it would kind of stereotypically make more sense with Kensuke's character
0: Oh yeah, that his dad would be uh, uh, working at, as a scientist at the nerve labs, yeah
1: Yeah, but, but I think it is Toji actually because he's talking about how he is in the hospital with his sister Because his parents are like working in the lab all the time, so if not she would have been left alone
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right Huh, man, what what cool characters, like, you know, <laughs> they have a bunch of facets, that's good characterization uh, and I'm glad that it gets to take its time to develop them. So uh, so Shinji goes back to Nerve and Misato kind of debriefs him again. And he is... The first time I watched this scene, I thought Shinji was just being flippant again. Yeah. But I think he's really sincere. Oh, he asks, aren't you going to scold me to Misato? At, because Misato is like, did you run ra- you away? Did you get what you want? Are you going to come back? Are you going to pilot the Eva? But she's not she doesn't start off scolding him. And I thought he was being flippant, but I think he's really confused. He he says it in this dejected way, but he's saying like everything in that way. I think he really thought, well, this is what happens when you have to come back, when you get caught. And I, ju- I just really felt for him in this scene.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe like a lot of us have that experience at some point in our childhood where like, we're dealing with something bigger than the rules. And so we kind of like violate the rules, and then you're expecting your parents to get mad at you for violating the rules, but like they understand why you did it too, and they're just like worried about you <laughs> and concerned about you. And oh yeah, and that can lead to a lot of frustration
0: because uh, I feel for Masato too. She's like, I- I-, I, I need you to know. I need you to want something. I need you to make a decision, mm-hmm. and not just yes, ma'am.
1: Yeah, but, and and you know, so he he says this kind of here's there's like another kind of like suicidal ideation thing here where, you know, she says that if you like pilot the Ava with that attitude that you're going to die. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know. That's fine. I don't care. (laughs) And like, I think he's like being like honest, right? Like that he's like at that state where like, that's how he's coping with this stuff, being very like agnostic about his own life. Yeah. But so why, why do they let him go? That's the part I don't get. It's like, if he's the only person that can pilot this thing, is it because they're just like, he's too unstable? If we can't count on him to do this, it makes more sense to put like Ray back in this unit. Yes. Kind of like forcing him to do something that he doesn't want to do, that that's just like not going to be an effective way to like fight the angels. Is that the logic, do you think? Yes, I think so. It's like
0: in D&D, would you rather have a a weapon that does like 1d4 plus 2, or do you want one that does 1d20? Because... Shinji is the d20. Like he, yes, he has this potential to mesh well with the Ava, but if he freaks out in the moment, if he won't get in one day, it doesn't do us any good. Yeah. Uh, you might as well have had, uh, had rolled a one on both dice and gotten the three from Ray, who is stable. I want the d20. You want the d20? Well,. You are in luck because I believe Shinji will keep piloting it. All right.
1: (laughs) Uh, A risk taker. I love it. Okay, so... Well, I'm just saying there's a 50% chance of doing more damage than uh, that D4 will ever do. That's true. I'm I'm just (laughs) being an annoying nerd now. (laughs) Well, you did call me. I went
0: for the D20. At least I didn't go to the D100. That would have been hyperbolic. But uh, probably a D8, D12 situation.
1: Yeah, D... Yeah, D8.
0: Uh, I don't trust D10 because they're not, you know, like uh, uh, a D12 is all pentagons, Man. but a D10 is like a regular shape. Anyways, so uh, then we get this. Oh, I didn't think of that. So it is a cool juxtaposition. You have Misato uh, and uh, Shinji in this emotionally charged scene because she's so frustrated. And then we immediately get uh, Gendo, uh, Ritsuko, and... Uh, uh, on an escalator in front of uh, Ray, and it's the complete opposite. It's the same scene. It's two caretakers and a child, as opposed to one caretaker and a child. But they are discussing things, or without emotion. Uh, Ray does not does not speak back. Man, that's cool. Mm. Oh, I really love this show. This this first this episode has been my favorite so far. It has no it has no Ava. It has no monster fighting. It has nothing, and I just adore it. It's got these really great choices of where to put the scenes, even though they're so simple.
1: Yeah, we, they've talked about how like Shinji just like you know does what he's told, just goes along with everything. But then like Rey, it seems like. She doesn't even say things, really, right? She's just, like, super, super passive.
0: Yeah, maybe Shinji only does what he's told. In in context, we see that other children do what they're told even more. Yeah. They don't even question. They're not even flippant about it, right? Yeah. So Shinji is discharged from Nerve. Uh, there's a shot of his ID getting stamped, like, no longer active or no longer admitted on-premises. And then immediately, he's like, oh, I have to say goodbye to Misato and the the bodyguards or whoever's there is like nope you don't work here anymore we just stamped the thing
1: yeah and and i wonder if that like that goodbye is a little bit of you know like maybe he's feeling like regret already or something like that you know what i mean
0: absolutely yeah i think i think it's more of him being he's uh he's a little inscrutable uh because he's this 14 year old confused kid but he's this 14 year old confused kid yeah he's he feels regret immediately yeah he he doesn't understand why he's not being scolded. Like, he doesn't get it. He's very confused. It's great. Uh, he, I, I probably thought he was lame when I was younger because he kept flip-flopping back between things. And now I think, oh, man, it's hard to be a kid.
1: <laughs> it's almost like, uh, you know, he's doing some extracurricular or something. Like, you're like she's like, okay, well, if you don't want to play the violin anymore, I guess there's no point. You should just quit playing the violin. And then he, like, quits playing the violin. It's like, oh, you know, like, you know, like, he thinks that she's going to stop him from doing this or something. And then, like, they go through this, like, whole sequence. And then, like, oh, fuck, like, I'm just, like, leaving now. You know, like, he, like, tries to, like, run back and, like, apologize to, I guess, in the next scene, right? So they go to the train station Mm -hmm. and, you know, he sees Toji and Kensuke and, We know that Kensuke likes him and wanted to apologize now twice, once on the phone and once showing up in person. Um, But this is the first time that Shinji has actually seen him, right?
0: Oh, do you mean Toji? He saw Kensuke Uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Toji has really wanted to apologize and that, uh, but he couldn't bring himself to make that call, right? And yeah, he has not had the opportunity to see him until now. He wants to apologize and tell him, I had no right to hit you twice. I was completely validated in hitting you once, but twice was right out. You have, you deserve to hit me back. <laughs> Which sounds kind of dumb and childish and, you know, hyper-masculine or whatever, but it breaks something open in Shinji. He agrees to do it. He punches Toji and, like, he opens up. He feels kind of better or, or he understands himself a little bit more after that. And I think that's what drives him to try to go back. He tries to run back to tell them, no, I'm not... Like, you don't have to be sorry, I should be sorry. I'm a coward, I almost killed you, I feel terrible. Uh, but he just couldn't open that up until these guys came to bond with him. To Well, not to bond with him, just to see him off. Not to try to convince him to come back.
1: Yeah, so do you do you think that's the, the kind of, the thing that pushed him? If that hadn't happened, would he just have gotten on that train and left, do you think?
0: Yes, absolutely. Th- like, the episode is kind of dry and elongated, or slow but it it has plot in it and maybe it's back and forth plot but the plot mirrors the the character's internal struggle yeah yeah like them showing up exactly when they did is perfect to see him off and then it you know it kind of just keeps with that theme it snowballs uh he goes to get on the train but the train passes him by but misato pulls up in her car yeah. speeds and like parks illegally on the side of the road because she had second thoughts too she was like you know i really should i should say goodbye. at least Um, Mm -hmm. I should see him off. Um, And she's immediately regretful when she sees the train is moving. She's like, cool, awesome, I I was too late. I couldn't drive fast enough. I already made that decision and I will regret this.
1: Yeah, and I guess, so so this episode is called Hedgehog's Dilemma, at least in the Netflix titling, or in one of the titles is called Hedgehog's Dilemma. Uh, Yeah, in the original title, or the original, at least uh, uh, translated title, Hedgehog's Dilemma, the
0: Netflix title is uh, Rain After Running Away, (laughs) which is kind of literal.
1: (laughs) And, and and so last episode, we they explained what the Hedgehog's Dilemma was in the context of, you know, Shinji and maybe his, how he doesn't really have any other friends. Mm. And then this episode, you know, so maybe this episode is Hedgehog's Dilemma, but it's really more talking about Misato and Shinji. They're kind of bumping heads now and she's trying to figure out how to be close to him and understand him. And in fact, the the thing that makes her rush to the station, right, is like, she's like, oh, I finally get it. Like, the reason he's doing this is because he, like, doesn't understand his own emotions. Not that he's being, like, a smartass or that he's just, like, you know, I don't know what she thought was going on before then, necessarily. But maybe she realizes, like, it's not that he has bad intentions. He just, like, doesn't know how to, like, grapple with his own internal state to like get done the stuff that everyone like is telling him to do i'm
0: I'm so glad you said that I didn't really realize uh, like she yeah, there's that part where she kind of understands the hedgehog's dilemma, but I didn't get that she's a hedgehog too. We all are in in getting it and like snapping to this realization of Shinji, she also will it put her own emotions and her own behavior in perspective
1: Yeah, right like she's part of like what has pushed him away, right? Yeah, because like he he doesn't understand, but
0: it, it, she's on the other side of that not understanding. She's the one who is allowing herself to become frustrated with the situation, which, you know, no nobody is perfect. We all have a, a finite amount of what we might call willpower or cognitive uh, uh, or executive energies to expend in any day. But she also like feels bad that she allowed herself to she let him push her buttons, even if he's not trying to. She allowed herself to become exasperated with the situation. God, it's great. <laughs> so simple. Maybe I'm just reading a lot into it, but man, it's so good. Uh, yeah. So Shinji lets the train pass. He decides on his own, kind of in privacy, because when he makes the decision not to get on the train, no one can see him, which is cool.
1: Hmm. That's interesting.
0: I'm sure it's. Be- I'm sure he felt empowered by uh, the bonding experience he just had with Toji, and he is delighted to see that, uh, surprised and delighted to see that Masato Came to see him off, and she is surprised and delighted to see that he has not left.
1: And they have that exchange, that kind of like, you know, I'm home and welcome back. That that is is kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A custom that we don't really kind of have explicitly in the U.S. Where kind of when you come home um, or when you leave home, there are kind of these set expressions that you say every time. So oh. you're kind of like you always say like I'm home, right? When you come in. And then the other person kind of greets you, and and so that's kind of a back and forth that people like will probably often have with their mother or wife or something like that. You know, I guess a family member or a partner. So I think there's a kind of intimacy there. Wow,
0: that's kind of a perfect way to end it. It is a long shot.
1: They do drag it out
0: uh, to the end to probably you know meet their minute quota for for their time slot.
1: It is awkwardly raw, long, right? Like the yes,
0: absolutely, and they they know it's that awkwardly long. That's why they put in a train announcer. Yeah. Just so that something happens. Cause it's just a still shot. Right.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's supposed to be suspense. Like if you're supposed to just be like, what are they going to do? What are they going to say now? Which like, I feel like I didn't quite feel, I was just like, wait, what's going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're right. That's probably the, the most egregious example of an episode of having to pad the runtime.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Which I think probably came from the same, the the thing we talked about earlier, the, um, that it wasn't. This episode was not going to be included, and it got uh, remade or something uh, later down the line and inserted.
1: Hmm. Is that from Ava Geeks or where you reading about that kind of
0: stuff? One is Ava Geeks, maybe dot wiki, but it's the wiki part of Ava Geeks, and then there's another one, Evangelion fandom, which I think is a more standardized because fandom is it's is a kind of network of wikis. I think.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'll maybe try to start looking up stuff on there too.
0: Uh, it is a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah, they do have uh, those long shots at the end, but at least we get more cicada sounds, which is why <laughs> we're really here. Yeah. We stay for the giant robot fighting. So what? What? what's your verdict on this episode? Thumbs up?
1: Thumbs down? Th- thumbs up. I think this is one of the more iconic episodes, right? Like, I think when we started watching this, this was like a specific episode that I knew was coming at some point. I think it happened earlier in this series than I remembered. Yes. And so I'm kind of excited to see, especially since they introduced, you know, that Ray is coming next episode. Uh, I feel like there are maybe some kind of different phases to this show. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we're ending the Shinji chapter here and then we're gonna kind of start learning more about these other pilots. That makes sense. I wonder if maybe this would be a stopping point for the first installment of the manga. Mm. Because, yeah, like you said, next chapter, next chapter, Ray. You, you had mentioned you had been just reading about golems. Was there anything you want to, like, talk about golems today? Or is that just general stuff, and we'll get to it later?
0: Uh, I do want to read into it more. I did have a thought, and it, I guess it's a little spoilery, but I, so I won't mention that one. But I do want to look more into... Uh, golems because there are quite a few similarities to Ava's. Uh, like, first of all, we're dealing with Kabbalah because of the uh, Gendo's Tree of Life, right? Uh, and a lot of that has to do with mysterious esoteric rites which have these magical effects. Uh, and one of them is, the most famous is probably the creation of the golem. Um, which, there's a couple interesting things already. The most famous uh uh the most famous practitioner of kabbalah who created a golem it's this rabbi uh i think it's rabbi yehuda low i might be mispronouncing that but he lived in prague like 1513 to 1609 he's this really respected rabbi um and he he's known to have said that uh creating the golem was no big feat uh and he would reference that Supposedly practitioners of Kabbalah these two master practitioners of Kabbalah in the past uh, Every Sabbath would create a goat a living goat that they could sacrifice and, and eat for the Sabbath uh, And creating a golem was nothing uh, Which is interesting because Gendo is creating the avas, but the avas are actually not the number one priority the number one priority is the human instrumentation project maybe? Um.
1: Hmm. I don't know if we've heard about that in the show. At least it's not ringing bells for me.
0: It, ha- it definitely hasn't been explained, but they mentioned it, the, um, the, the UN Security Council meeting uh, with the colored um, desks, that they, the virtual thing they did. Uh, they, they tell him that the number one priority is the, I think it's called the Human Instrumentality Program, which we haven't had it explained, but it's interesting that Gendo may find that the Avas are no big feat. That they are not the 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 big spell, the big end goal, the big thing he's doing.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't know if this lines up with it, right? But the the issue right now isn't that like, oh, the the avas are damaged or something like that. It's that like Ray is like horribly injured, and like Shinji is like psychologically like scarred and. You know, so it's not, it's not a question of the equipment or the machinery, right? But of the people to pilot it, I don't know.
0: I I hadn't thought of that either. That's that, I mean, that's a really cool look at it, a really cool reading. I mean, I don't know for sure that they were thinking about the Ava's as golems, but that is very cool. Like the creation of the Ava, that's nothing. You have to find a child who can pilot it and you have to keep them mentally stable and sound, which is, that is the, the big feat. That's really cool. I hadn't thought about it that way. I think we're ready to sign off, but I did want to ask, because you put a note down here and we didn't go over it and it might be interesting for the episode. You put hang dog, what was that in reference to?
1: So it's like something that um, Toji says to him or something where he's like, don't have that like hang, hang dog face or something like that. Or like, why are you looking at me with that hang dog face? And I was like, hang dog, what is this word? And so I looked it up and I guess it's like dejected or guilty appearance shame shamefaced. So I assume it's like the look that like a dog gives you after it's like shit in the house or something like that. Well, I'm glad you caught that because I did not catch that. <laughs> what
0: an interesting expression. I've never heard it before either.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's interesting. There's some in the Japanese too, like the word they use for misato is like bepen or something like that. And it's like it's like a word that I never heard in my year in Japan and wonder if it's something like babe or you know just like a kind of like outdated slang word oh like yeah young women in uh, uh, England used
0: to be called birds yeah awesome so we need a cliffhanger <laughs> and I feel like the cliffhanger is whether or not we're going to have a guest next time
1: ooh so we'll leave it ambiguous now and people will have to listen to find out Absolutely, or
0: at least read the next episode description. Uh, you know what, we won't put the guest in the next episode description. Ugh. That'll show our audience. <laughs> this has been Pen Pen Pals podcast, neon general Explosion experience. Uh, I'm Alex.
1: And I'm Fen. Uh
0: And maybe next week we'll have a guest. Uh,
1: feel free to tweet us, email us your thoughts, your secrets your innermost desires yeah or like spam sign us up for some mailing lists oh
0: man if only